Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to Series 4 of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Christine G, spinal vet, acupuncturist, chiropractor, and all-round brilliant vet. Welcome, Christine. Morning, Caroline, and thank you for having me on Talking with the Animals. I'm excited to be here and happy to discuss all things animals. <laughs> so what made you decide to be a vet, Christine? Were you, had you always been interested in animals, or was it something that came on later in life? Well, I was very fortunate to grow up in Africa and my mum's family had a dairy farm which started my fascination with animals, cows, horses, dogs, cats um, and some of the African wildlife we got to see from time to time and that was really the starting point for me um, with my lifelong fascination of animals. And so once you'd started working with animals um, and becoming a vet, what made you branch out into the spinal vet slash spinal vet and associates, the chiropractic and the acupuncture rather than your, uh, well, I guess, straight conventional veterinary? Well, in my second veterinary practice, which was in rural Victoria, I was working alongside um, a real uh excellent veterinarian who became a mentor to me and he used to take on cases of lameness and pain that weren't responding to traditional veterinary management which what I learned at uni about rehabilitation was um, box rest for horses and butte Um, and this guy just seemed to fix everything that he came near virtually and make massive improvements to quality of life and pain that I wasn't able to touch with my normal veterinary tools. So subsequently, I started off on the path of integrative medicine and chiropractic care, as well as acupuncture, and the two just went hand in hand synergistically. So that was really where it started, and and I was so fortunate to meet this veterinarian who had turned traditional thinking on its head and made a whole practice out of just integrative care. And so what sort of um, cases now would be an average in inverted commas case? What are the things you specialize in and which ones do you enjoy working with the most, if any? I don't really enjoy one more than the other, but my the majority of my practice is made up of horses and dogs. I probably do um, sort of half and half really of, of both cases. So with horses, it's usually performance or pain-based problems, back pain, saddle fit issues, lameness, um, and overall uh, assessment of other issues, including general health, but mostly musculoskeletal pain and dysfunction. Dogs are similar. Um, a lot of our little couch potato dogs suffer 
bad backs and lack of fitness. So it's managing that and trying to get lifestyles a little bit more appropriate for um, general well-being and health and also mitigating pain where where general veterinary medicine hasn't worked or is limited. So it's just another approach or another way of managing pain in our animal patients and friends. I was lucky enough to be referred to you by a animal osteopath when I had poor old champ um, who ultimately had to be euthanized, C6, C7. When would um, your average person, horse person or dog person, need um, a or find they need a holistic approach rather than the traditional? Are there any sort of set parameters an owner should look for or any conditions that really jump out and bite you on the nose as to where alternative slash holistic is particularly useful? Well, first of all, I think it's important to know when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate to um, have alternative people other than straight uh, regular general practitioner veterinarians or specialist hospitals. They're the first port of call when you have an acute injury, accident, unwellness, lots of pain. You really need your regular veterinarians and hospitals to deal with those cases. Our cases are typically more long-term dysfunction or pain that have not responded to typical management or rehabilitation protocols. So that's usually the scenario that most people find me is when they've tried a lot of things and it hasn't helped. So that's when the holistic approach of saddle fit teeth, feet, um, back strength and back pain and um, all of those things come together and we can look at the broader picture Usually, though, the acute problems are often very well dealt with by standard veterinary practice and care, and this is not a replacement for that by any means, but it can help with long-term management of conditions and pain that can allow better function and mobility when there has been a trauma or an accident or an injury that has been dealt with and managed already as part of the rehabilitative process and also in the management process of performance animals where they've had problems such as saddle fit or foot problems or lameness, that they're 80% better, we just need the last little bit to clean up. So that's typically my client and patient base. And if someone is looking at uh, trying to find a holistic practitioner for their animal, uh, what suggestions can you make? Are there any places you should or shouldn't look? Anything along those lines? Yes, so it's important nowadays, obviously, um, to find qualified people who've had adequate training for the services for which they provide. Experience is a very, very important aspect as well. In Australia, we have uh, the Animal Biomechanical Professional Association. They have qualified veterinarians, osteopaths and chiropractors, which are highly qualified in determining where and when their services are appropriate and helpful, and most importantly, when to refer when there are cases beyond the scope of practice for those people. Generally, there are other practitioners which are not so well-trained or insured, and, and sometimes they can end up in issues or scenarios where there's lack of adequate referral um, of cases that need more intensive veterinary care. So that's one of the good parts about the course that I went through a long time ago now. <laughs> but um, we 
one of the important things is to know when to refer and when to get further advice on more complicated cases that are not responding to care. That's one of the hallmarks of, of being able to provide adequate care to people and their pets in the right times and the right time frame so that they have optimal outcomes and long-term adequate care. So we were talking before and you talk about saddle fit and so forth for when to use a holistic practitioner for a horse. Uh, when would you suggest a um, someone at, like yourself with the canine and potentially the feline population? Well, I think in in a lot of cases I get referrals from veterinary clinics that I've worked well with in terms of post-operative rehabilitation, so after accruciate or hip surgeries, um, when animals aren't responding as they typically should, they're often the cases that cross my doorstep. Also, Acupuncture and chiropractic in small animals has a very large place in geriatric care. These cases are often unable to tolerate normal veterinary pain relief medications, so we are able to prescribe other um, pain relief and also try to get the spine and, and limbs working in a better, more consistent way and more encourage more strength and also balance that we can work through and improve with body work that integrates the whole musculoskeletal and nervous system together. We can also prescribe very specific rehabilitative exercises for certain pathologies or pain-based syndromes that we can try and work on integrating the whole system and getting everything working a little bit better. And it's quite phenomenal sometimes, the results. Also, pre when I first started off in my career, pre the availability of a lot of specialist surgeons, we we can rehabilitate some disc injuries in dogs that are not surgical candidates. So, you know, your dash hounds and little dogs like that, sometimes we can help if surgery is not an option. Um, also in cruciate ligament disease, we can sometimes help support those cases where uh, they've had an, a, a mild injury. We can work on rehabilitating them and trying to balance everything so that they don't do the other leg uh, over time, but also try to get balance post-surgery when they'd be favoring one leg compared to the other. Also, these little dogs that we have in our homes, as I said earlier, they're not often the fittest of little creatures, so they end up with pathologies like us when we sit at a desk, low back pain and neck pain. So we can work on improving their lifestyles and also integrating the spinal function and, and getting them a little bit stronger and less painful because they are such companion animals now that they don't do their hunting, chasing um, lifestyles that uh, their predecessors did. So it's really just trying to get everything working again and improve fitness and strength so that they don't end up needing my care all the time. So when we're talking, the, um, particularly the dogs, but also the horses and cats, how important is owner participation? Um, is it a case of bring them to you and that's that? Or is there work for the humans to do at home as well? Well, that's a very good question. And I can usually tell if clients have been doing their homework with the patients Usually they're in a much better place than if they haven't been doing the homework. That's for both horses and dogs as well. Cats are a little bit more independent in general um, and quite hard to do specific exercises with. That being said, I've got a few very good 
um, feline patients that do do some homework in in the rehabilitation space. So I think it's very important to consider both the environment for horses and dogs that the animals go home to after seeing me. So if I do my treatments and then the horse goes back into a muddy paddock on the side of a hill and is eating lush grass all the time, my treatments aren't going to be overly useful until the environment is, if if possible, managed a little bit better so that they don't have the recurring health problems and foot problems because of the diet and also the environment. So and similarly with dogs, if they have um, slippery floorboards and I treat treat them and they go home and skate around the corners, um, it's not going to hold or be as successful. That being said, in acute cases where they've had injuries or accidents, we, we can actually improve things as well. But it's very important to consider the environment that the animals go home to once they visited the office. Makes perfect sense and it's certainly something I've been advocating. The carpet runners all through the place and keeping the claws short and all those fun things. Um, and yes, muddy paddocks um, at this time of year, particularly this year um, in Victoria and New South Wales, have been a real problem for many horse owners. And unfortunately, when we adjust, it's not that easy. Uh, now, Dr. G will be coming back. We will be doing a part two and potentially a part three, for which I'm very grateful. Christine, before we go, have you got any uh, final words you'd like to say for people that are considering either your services or those of a holistic veterinarian? Well, thank you again for inviting me uh, to talk. I would also just like to reiterate my comments earlier that qualified veterinary assessment of animals in acute discomfort is not to be uh, ignored. It's really such an important part. Veterinarians are under a lot of stress during and post the pandemic, so they um, really are an essential service to communities and families. So they really are the first port of call. And then if you can then find a qualified professional working in with your veterinarian, that's the ideal scenario and the ideal outcome for managing a lot of these chronic cases. And typically we have the best results when everybody's on the same page and there's integration and talking. So some veterinarians are more open to that and others if they're not aware of qualified practitioners, may be a little guarded. However, the use of qualified, insured and highly trained professionals in the veterinary and osteopathic and chiropractic space are the ones that you need to seek out. Also, acupuncture in Australia, we have um, the Acupuncture Society and veterinarians highly qualified in that and that is an, also an integrative additional care for animals. And there's plenty of very clever practitioners who can use conventional medicines as well as Chinese medicines and acupuncture to man manage a lot of chronic health conditions very successfully. But again, they need to be well qualified and well insured. And those are usually veterinarians. Well, they have to be veterinarians to practice acupuncture and herbal medicine. So really, they're the main points that I think I would try to emphasize is really contact people and try to get professionals working together and ones that are well trained insured and highly educated
Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking with the Animals. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, and if you've got any topics you'd like me to cover, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. I will be putting the link to the ABPA in the show notes. So anyone in Australia that's after a practitioner, uh, the links will be there. You can jump on the website and follow from there to find your own holistic vet. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, let's talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.